Hello and welcome to That Film Studio. I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. In this episode, we've got another movie review, and this time we're looking at Brightburn. This is the latest film produced by James Gunn and Kenneth Hong. Brightburn is a superhero horror film that follows a young alien boy who lands on Earth and upon realising he has superpowers, uses them to terrorise the surrounding town. It's essentially a spin on the traditional Superman story. Brightburn is in cinemas now. If you haven't watched Brightburn yet but you want to, go watch it first before listening to our full review. We will be talking spoilers. Directed by David Yaroveski. Brightburn stars Elizabeth Banks, David Denman, Jackson A. Dunn, Matt Jones and Meredith Hagner. Luke, you have the plot. Tori and Kyle Breyer, played by Elizabeth Banks and David Denman, living a quiet life on their farm in Brightburn, Kansas, are trying to have a child, struggling due to infertility issues. One night, a spaceship falls from the sky near their farm with a baby boy inside, deciding to adopt the child as their own. The Breyers name him Brandon, not Clark. Brandon. Twelve years later, Brandon, played by Jackson A. Dunn, discovers that he has superhuman strength, super speed, heat vision, and he can fly. Like Clark. (laughs) Guided by strange voices in his head, Brandon grows more disobedient and disrespectful towards his parents, and Tori finds mysterious and disturbing drawings in his notebook. Strange and violent occurrences begin happening to people connected to Brandon, leading the Briars to view their adopted son, There's something to be feared. Evil Superman. Yeah. I mean, that's what we've got. It really is. And I'm guessing DC are okay with this. It's, it's, It's interesting to think of how they're kind of getting away with this. But, I mean, it's not Superman. There are similar powers. They don't say anything... Like Krypton, they don't say... I mean, you say similar, I say same. Same powers, but he is evil. So I guess by having that strong distinction, isn't the same. Yeah, yeah. But if you look at DC Comics, (laughs) they have an Earth where the crime syndicate come from and you have Ultraman, who is an evil Superman. Yeah, like an evil Superman is not a new thing, but this isn't. Superman. This is an evil character with Superman's powers in a world where there is no Superman or anything like that. Years ago, DC Comics had an imprint, Elseworlds, where it was the characters you know, but told differently. Like whether it's Batman as a vampire, or you've got Superman, instead of landing in Kansas, it lands in Russia. So these stories are out there. So this almost feels like it could be a DC Comics Elseworlds tale. But it's not. (laughs) For copyright reasons, it's not. I've got to be honest, I struggled to begin with a lot with this movie. And and I knew going in what it was going to be. So you struggled whilst watching the movie or before? Whilst watching it, no. Whilst watching it, because as I've probably mentioned once or twice on the podcast, I am a big Superman fan. So being presented with this evil Superman, I did find quite challenging. I was open. I was open for the, the, you know the twist, the difference in the sort of story. Um, what I found, though, was that, you know, the first half of the movie is essentially play-by-play of, you know, the traditional sort of Superman story. There was, or well, there were things happening that were quite predictable. It was a bit like, you know, play-by-numbers. He lands, they adopt him, um, he starts to discover his powers. You know, there are darker twists on the scenes of him discovering those powers and some other things going on, but essentially it's the same thing. He just takes a dark path instead of a 
light heroic path. And it's not evil Christopher Reeve Superman. This is very much taking on Man of Steel. Yes. That correct. is the version that they're going for. Yeah, like the... So just when you thought the DCEU couldn't get darker, <laughs> it's pretty James dark. Gunn is like, hey, check out Brightburn. Yeah, that's it. It's like, it's taking that Zack Snyder sort of vibes, visuals from Man of Steel and actually pretty much just turn them on their head and... And it, and it does turn into, like, what we sort of know from, you know, some James Gunn sort of produced movies. You know, they're quite gory, violent, gross even. Like, Slither is the first movie that comes to mind. I'm like, it, this movie is definitely in that ballpark of just grossness. Like, the second half of this movie is essentially a slasher flick, but with a kid with powers. And I'm, you know, it was a fun ride. Let's just say that. It's definitely an experience, but yeah, not the whole movie, but to begin with, I did find it quite challenging, but that I did go with the movie. I did go with it. Um, so we've got these two characters. We've got Elizabeth Banks playing Tori Breyer, who's the mum, and David Denman, who is Kyle Breyer, the father. You know, you're, they're essentially our Martha and Jonathan Kent, but not quite. No, but I mean, they're close. They're, they're close. They're, yeah. They seem like they're nice people, well-adjusted. But then, um, but keep in mind, they're also the modern Martha and Jonathan. That's true, yes. Like the Man of Steel versions. David Denman, that obviously is in, what was it, The Office and various other things. But he'd always been a guy that I'd seen in things. I think he's, a, he's actually, I think he was in the Power Rangers movie as well. He played Jason Lee's dad. Yeah, and Elizabeth Banks was <laughs> oh, Rita Repulsa. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Friends. <laughs> you mentioned Slither earlier. Elizabeth Banks was in that. That's it. It's yeah. all connected. But as parents, yeah, I think these two work well together. You've got, you know, Banks as Tori playing the overprotective mother. You know, she's starting to see things about Brandon early mm. or ahead of Kyle and she keeps it to herself. Like when he's like in the barn, he's trying to get it hope, open. I mean, the the, the comparisons to Superman are ridiculous. Oh, but that's, that's the so whole point. Harder. But when he's in the barn, and then she's like, "Oh, he was just sleepwalking in the kitchen. Nothing yeah. to worry about." The, the thing I like about it is that the, she's always on the defense of him as well. Though she's very much protective. She wants to. She has an unconditional love until the last moment where she realizes that I can no longer love or protect him this is like you know she has to make that call i'm glad that she got to that point as well yeah because then it would have just turned into okay this is too much now you're just a dumb character but it very much started as they gave her enough time of being that strong-willed mother that really wanted to think the best but in a sensible way you know like it's love it's a motherly love you can't fight that and then on the other hand you've got um you know you've got kyle you've got david denman portraying this guy who you know, it's kind of like a very likable dad. You know, like, again, like, supportive, but I think he was a little bit more of the voice of reason of, like, hang on a sec, this ain't right. You know, he's the first one to be like, yeah, we pretty much have to... You know, you get to a point where, where the plot is just so unbeatable that you're like, you're going to have to kill that character. But and he's, he's, he's that he's guy first, who, who though, goes... Isn't he? he's, he's like, you know, fork in the mouth. He killed the chickens. It wasn't a fox. Like, a fox wouldn't do that. Yeah, you he's know, the one that's the door like, off the hinges. Definitely like, this is something's not right. And then when they're in a corner, he's the first one to go, I have to kill him. <laughs> like, but then when he's got the gun and he's aiming behind his head, it's like, you know, the character is feeling like this is the right thing to absolutely. do. Absolutely. He's not... But a machine character delays. And it's like, is he or isn't he going to do it? Like, is Brandon going to turn around first and then take the weapon from him? 
But no, James Gunn's producing this. The kid gets shot in the back of the head. Wow. I mean, he's okay. But that still happened. And as a visual, it's quite confronting. Yeah, it's like just to see... I mean, like we've seen bullets shoot off, you know, like adult characters. It's different, like a, a bullet bouncing off a Superman's chest. Or his eye. Yeah, but it, it's different. It's I mean, how old different. is he? Fourteen? Is that how old he is in this? Twelve or twelve? Younger, even. Be it. Twelve, thirteen, maybe. Okay, depending so how old he was as a baby. Because twelve years later, I... he even has a birthday in the movie, so we should be able to know. But we're obviously blanking on <laughs> that. Do they say his age? Because that's the whole thing where Can't his uncle us. gets. Him. Is it his uncle or a friend of the dad? But he gets him a gun. It's his, his uncle. Birthday, yeah. His uncle. Yeah. But we should talk. We should talk about Brandon himself who well eventually the movie does dub him as Brightburn which is the name of the town but they call him Brightburn I don't really know why but they do um but this kid Jackson A. Dunn he's a creepy little dude I'm I'm just saying like I like liked him but at the same time I didn't but in a good way like I I didn't I I get that like his presence he was just a creepy little son of a bitch it was creepy but then we'd seen the trailers we know where he's gonna go but the kid's giving an interesting performance and Again, you're confronted with a lot of visuals in this, and when he takes the girl's hand and he breaks her hand, yeah, the the expression on his face is just like he he's very much in control of what he's doing. He wants to do it, and yeah, he's not going to stop squeezing her hand until he wants to. And I can't remember the character's name, so I'm just going to say Lana Lang. Her <laughs> name was Caitlin. Okay, Caitlin, <laughs> but the Lana Lang character yeah the, the and girl holy crap her mom she gets it yeah bad we i'd seen those scenes you know in the trailers and stuff see, i like, hadn't i didn't see the glass in the eye oh no not the glass in the eye right. but you know like the the woman at the diner right i'd seen that bit yeah, yeah. um so I was, I was sort of as the movie was ticking out i was like oh her mom's the woman at the diner and I was like, oh, so she's going to get it done in. With but i'm impressed they based on the That's, trailers oh, i'd that, seen oh, they I, they held a lot back they did, yeah. And then she's got the bloody eye, so you're seeing like from her perspective, like half the screen's like blurry red. I gotta say, when when I have like even like a grain of sand in one of my eyes, that eye is shut. Like, there's no way she'd do well. <laughs> <laughs> she put a, a shard of glass out of it, which was disgusting to to see. By the way, I was but like, as she's I was pulling it out. Like, I'm like, how long is that shard? It felt like she was pulling it out. I'm like cringing and she's pulling it out for a long time. Can you imagine being the folly artist working on that scene? Okay, now we need the glass coming out of the eye. What have we got? A bit of jelly. A bit of maybe like some wet soapy sponge. Oh, gross. It was a great scene. And, and that's an example of the horror and the violence in this. I didn't expect them to take it as far as to do. Yeah, I honestly, you know, like I said, once we get past sort of like... That first third, that first half even of the movie, I wasn't sure where the second half of the movie was going to go, whether it was going to be, you know, like we could jump forward in time and he could be a fully fledged adult super being of sorts. I actually had no idea. I was like, maybe this movie is going to completely flip on its head and we haven't seen anything of what this movie is actually going to offer. But it does keep it contained within the town and it's quite an intimate story as well. It's just with Brandon and it's pretty much people that... He's either related to or he has some sort of connection to within his personal life. It's not... There aren't really random casualties unless people actually get in his way, like the cops and stuff. Yeah, I did notice that he's not very ambitious, but I guess he's only a kid and he... No, because it's kind of like, did you say you are going to speak to the sheriff? 
I wouldn't do that if I were you. <laughs> and then she's saying, no, Brandon, I really am going to speak to the sheriff. Okay. And then he goes and gets his mask. <laughs> I'm going to But that you. The, the guidance counsellor, she gets away, doesn't she? She's yeah, okay. Well, that's his aunt. Um, and yeah, and she... Like, yeah, she's a bit of a loose thread. But I mean, there's a lot of loose threads. Like, if we want to... If we go through the deaths, you know, like... Um, I mean, Caitlin's still alive but her mother's dead, but, you know, Brandon pretty much tells her that he'll take care of her, and then next minute, she's dead. Um, Noah, his uncle, played by Matt Jones, like, you know, he's killed by him in that car accident, but he was also intoxicated at the time. So but he the- was a distraction, wasn't he? I think that's why his auntie got to survive, because he came home. Yeah, otherwise it before that her. happened, he-, he was going for her, and they went for the uncle instead. And the uncle, when he's trying to get away in his car, for me, the best performance of the whole movie. Yeah, I loved it. Like when Brent, when Brandon's just stood there and he's going, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> like that's his response it's to it. It's fantastic when a when a character in a movie like this, yes. like, like a horror setting, and they clearly say, like, no, I don't want to be in this. Like, nope, I, nope, I want this out. is not happening. And then when Brandon's flying, he's going, no, 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 no. <laughs> I thought that was brilliant. But the, the, the glorious thing about that is that he's looking he, in that moment, he sees him flying. He's like, "Hey, this is the worst it's gonna get, and I don't want to be here." Turn, like his headlights go up, turns it back on, and then the kid's gone, and he realizes, "Oh, actually, no, this is worse." Yeah, and the he flying keeps getting was, worse. The flying was less worse than. <laughs> oh, just... And then when he gets lifted up in the air, and the car drops, and then his jaw splits on the steering Again, wheel. More disgusting, gore. Yeah, and it's like, it. oh, this is like the worst thing, and then it's. Oh, he's still alive. It's <laughs> just it kept getting worse. <laughs> Poor Noah. But his response, it, it was just perfect. You've got to think that must have been his audition. When they're screening guys for the role, it's going, okay, we want to see how you play this. <laughs> You've got the part. You, get, you see him, you're scared, go. This is what's happening on screen. Um, who else dies? Because like, that was, I mean, that's pretty gross. Um, the dad eventually is killed and that's after when he you know when he shoots him shoots him in the head and then then he retaliates and he's like and that's when Tori is calling him saying that you were right you were right yet it's Brandon on the phone (sighs) nice touch that's it and yeah Tori can't even hide the fact that she's you know like even pretending to protect him or whatever it's and then you see that he's actually on the phone hovering close to the farm and then he breaks the phone yeah I mean there's some scary visuals like actually like and I think the fact that, you know, in that in that shot, you do see it's a figure of a human with a cape. You know, it's it's an iconic sort of look that we're used to. I guess you know, as you mentioned, sort of getting your head around that thing that we love so much, but it's in this horrible setting, and it's like, oh, you know, in in the comics, the Justice League have issues with the fact that Batman has contingencies to take them all down, including Superman. Watching this movie, it's like looking inside Batman's head. Yeah, this is I what he it. thought. This I is... completely get it. It could go wrong. What do you think of? Um, you say you have like the the Clark Kent character or the Superman character, or whatever, and, you know, and he makes a conscious choice to be good and do good. Um, this character here, it kind of plays that he has a choice to do what he's doing, but at the same time, there's also like the story element of, like, the voices in his head, his I'd, spaceship, yeah. something's talking to him. Do you think he was being more controlled or 
Yeah, I or don't. Just I, don't I don't think he has a choice. I think it is whatever is in that ship and that is being controlled. It's almost like he, he was, was sent here to destroy. Yeah, and it's like he's a vessel, and when he comes of age, whatever that force is is going to take over him. Yeah, because he had moments where he was he was sleepwalking or something happened. Is oh, how did I how did I get here? And I do think that it is the ship that takes over him. Is essentially possessed. Oh, good because. Yeah, that's what I took from this movie as well. But on that, I kind of wish that it was more of... It was just this character's choice and decision, and it's just something that can happen. Whereas this seemed more um, configured and planned, and, you know, like, there's other forces making this happen, where it would have just been nice to see... Same situation as, you know, the Superman story, but it just plays out differently because... The character has a choice. He doesn't have to be good. Whereas this movie, it's like, well, he has to be bad. And well, in this, he very much has a similar childhood to Clark, like to Superman. He's brought up with nice, loving parents, mm. and if not for the ship, he maybe wouldn't have been taken over. Right. So you think the only, if you took away that that spaceship element with the controls and stuff, it would have had to have been his upbringing that would have made him a bad character. Potentially, but it's it's like watching The Exorcist and she gets possessed yeah. by the demon. If that demon wasn't there, she'd just grow up and be a woman and she'd be fine. I definitely did see it as a possession story. Yeah, I, I was getting like Omen vibes and stuff. Again, like with this story element, it's like, there was always a destiny for him and stuff. But this whole movie felt like they were building something more than a one-and-done movie. We don't even know where the ship came from. We don't know if someone's like controlling it or if there's something else in the ship. We don't know anything more than the basics of the movie. I got the vibes. Like I know with the ending, it does. it sort of has fun with a potential sort of tease thing, which I think is just, again, then just having fun with you know the way... Superhero movies are sort of constructed these days, for like with franchise building and all that cinematic universes. I, I I do think it is just them having fun. I like to think this story is just a contained thing. I don't think it's just them having fun. Do you reckon it? I mean, we live in a world of franchises. We do, and this is something different. It's a superhero movie through the prism of a horror movie, smaller in budget to say Man of Steel or mm. any of the DC movies. And I do think this could be the start of something. It's not until we get to the end and we're introduced to Mr. T, played by Michael Rooker, who yeah. is another regular of James Gunn. Definitely. Slither again, uh, the Guardians movies. Yeah, course. of course. Yondu. And he's talking about a half-man, half-sea creature sinking ships, a supernatural woman choking people with rope, and a crimson bolt. You know who Crimson Bolt is? The movie Super, Rain Wilson. Is that really? There's a photo of oh, him. Oh wow! Yeah, like um, I just assumed so a speedster. Big, so the big T, he well, Michael Rocky, he, he describes those two that you're saying, obviously, but you know, being this movie universe's versions of Aquaman and Wonder Woman. But then there's, I think there's three other images on the screen, and then like a question mark one. But one of the images is Rain Wilson as Crimson. Oh, wow. Which is a James Gunn, either produced or directed. I'm not 100% sure, but I, I James Gunn. He, I think involved. he directed it. I honestly yeah. think he directed it. I've seen that movie, and yeah, it's just a pissed off guy with, <laughs> a, I think, a crowbar or something, and he's just I mean, beating on people. I mean, much like it takes the super hero sort of genre and, you know, just like grounds it. 
gives it that yeah. violent sort of appeal to it. I think hinting at a dark Aquaman, a dark Wonder Woman, I think that's something that they're laying the groundwork for. Crimson Bolt, Easter egg. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I think that's Easter egg. But I love that it's in there. And, it, and Can you imagine that the the follow up movie will be will be Brightburn versus Crimson Bolt, Dawn of Terror or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then they'll go straight into this the Justice League type film with all of them. I mean They'll follow the same film model <laughs> the, the Aquaman movie did huge at the box office. Yeah. Like they've done Superman. I mean they've they've listed Aquaman and Superman. Two of their favourites oh, of the DCEU. Oh, sorry. I mean, yeah, Aquaman and Wonder Woman. Two of the favourites. And we could be great, like we could get dark versions of them. And you know oh, what? Maybe. Take my money. <laughs> Take my money. So I'm, I'm guessing you like this movie then. Well, are we there? Are we, are we going to give our rating for the movie? Mm, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> this is a very long 90-minute movie. That's something that I noticed. I know it thinks about 91 minutes, thereabouts, but it felt like a two-hour movie. The movie felt a lot longer than what it was. I don't reckon. I mean, the the beginning, quite slow, but again, I guess it's because it was predictable. Mate, that's how I feel. Yeah. Give him my rain. <laughs> it felt. Sorry. It sorry. felt. <laughs> it did feel long. Uh, I, I did struggle to begin with being such a fan of Superman, but went with the story and impressed by the horror visuals, the performance by Elizabeth Banks. I've always liked her, and she's really good in this. And his name, uh, David Denman, like, he was good as Kyle, <laughs> and and the uncle Noah, like he was great. There's a lot I did like in this, and it was. It was a fun movie, but it it did feel long, and I was really I didn't expect it to feel long, knowing the runtime. But I loved the bit at the end with Michael Rooker and and teasing potentially what could come next. I mean, the bit with the plane, like it does start to escalate in scale. Like it <laughs> is just in Kansas in Brightburn, but then he's going to the skies. Yeah, and then you're seeing all over the world. I did have fun with this one. I've, I have read a lot of negativity online towards this movie but I think it does what it's supposed to do and and I did have fun with it and I'm going to come in at a 3.5 wow radio cool 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 until Michael Rooker 3 oh 0.5 for Rooker yeah like I said like that that whole scene at the end they, they just it really is a lot of fun it's very short but it's fun and it's just it hits you and it's like wow what a note to go out on um yeah, look, to me, it didn't feel... It didn't really feel that long. Like I said, like, the beginning does drag a little bit, pretty much because it is quite predictable. You know, it is following the same sort of model. It just goes in a different direction after that. It keeps it all contained. Characters are pretty good. Um, like performances, like what they were doing. Um, his aunt is oddly very attractive. I was like, she's too attractive for this movie. Um, so on that, yeah, like, I had fun with it. I'd, I honestly think this could just be containing this one thing. And all the enjoyment could just be in that last moment there. And that's all it's going to be. You know, just a small little indie sort of flick, little passion project. I'm actually coming in at the same 3.5 out of out of 5 for me. So tune in next year when we review Brightburn 2. <laughs> <laughs> Brightburn versus Crimson. And you know what? <laughs> it, will not take, it will not take them long to get these movies out. No, I reckon could. this is the start of something. They really could. 
yeah, just spawn them out like crazy. Uh, just a bit of trivia before we go out, and here we go. Might be my best one yet. Um, did you know the middle school scenes? So the the school that Brandon goes to, um, they were shot at the now defunct. I think that means they're closed. Um, Patrick Henry High School in Stockbridge, Georgia. This is the same location used for both Hawkins Middle and Hawkins High Schools in seasons one and two of Stranger Things. Ooh, I like that. Bit of location scouting trivia there. <laughs> yeah, thanks. That's good. Um, that's about it. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> so, short one for that. Small movie, uh, small trivia. Stranger Things. Everybody likes that show. That's it. Yeah, kids. Powers. All connected. Um, that's it for our review of Brightburn. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud, and please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film's New Podcast. And we also have our sister shows, Rewind and Review and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. Be sure to also check out our new website, thatfilmsnewpodcast.com. Check out our upcoming review of Batman vs. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Sounds like comics have a recent episode looking at Supergirl, the Helen Slater movie from 1984. And Rewind Review went back to 1989 for Tim Burton's Batman. You've been listening to Jason and Luke, the guys from that film, Stu. See you soon. Thank you.